Financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year. And then the inflation data came out, higher than expected. Friends, this isn't going away. It can't. The U.S. is $34 trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher. So you can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation, and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold, and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. Text STRANGE to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation with gold. Text STRANGE to 989898 now. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, the world's most popular Bigfoot blogger gets out from behind his computer and actually goes into the field and then gets the shock of his life. I'm a blogger, okay? I write about these things, but this is unreal. This is not supposed to happen because I know about Bigfoot reports or, big, or people who are in this field. They'll go 20, 30 years without single action. Here I am, second night. There's things that are coming into our camp. This podcast is brought to you by Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners. Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners is committed to helping people when tragedy strikes. Their objective is to restore safety to an environment in the most professional and discreet manner possible. Crime and Trauma Scene Cleaners, Canada's decontamination specialists. Call them at 1-866-724-0800. For more information, go to crimescenecleaners.ca. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serres. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Wednesday. Sean Evidence, Bigfoot blogger, YouTube creator, is standing by to discuss his encounter. But first, a sad note. We lost Stanton Friedman on Monday, widely regarded as the grandfather of modern-day ufology. He passed away at 84. I interviewed Stanton several times over the years. I ran into him many times 
at UFO conferences across North America. He was such a warm and engaging gentleman, and he just loved what he did. He was so passionate. He loved speaking with people and sharing his knowledge, and his voice will be missed. Stanton Friedman, gone at 84. San Oriyavong, also known as Sean Evidence, is a Bigfoot blogger, YouTube creator. His blog, Bigfoot Evidence, was one of the most visited cryptozoology blogs in the world and featured on Coast to Coast AM's trending topics several times. With his wife, Sherry, they run Squatchable.com and focus most of their time interacting with fans on their YouTube channel, Bigfoot Evidence, discussing reports and stories. Several years ago, Sean and other fellow researchers, including one prominent researcher from the Bigfoot Field Researchers Organization, had a sighting that changed their lives. Several Bigfoot came into their encampment during an expedition near Sierra City in the Plumas National Forest. They recorded tree-peaking behavior and rock-throwing on their thermal imager. Over the years, readers of his blog have shared everything from compelling Bigfoot footage to information on secret locations where prominent Bigfoot interactions occurred. Sean Evidence, welcome to Conspiracy Unlimited. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for having me. That's a wonderful handle. We were discussing it prior to the show. But of course, you're all about the evidence. How did you get into this fascinating field of Bigfoot research? Well, it's kind of funny. Um, I remember there was a, a video on YouTube, and, and um, it was like a uh, uh, some kids in up there in um, in Oregon, I think, a long time ago in Oregon. They recorded some 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 Bigfoot, like some dark creature or something, walking down to the river. And I did a breakdown of it. Right, it was like it had like one or two views. Right, at the time I, I saw it, it came up on my recommendation. And uh, I watched it, and I thought, oh, this is kind of cool. So I kind of slowed it down, and I put in my own spin on, on YouTube. And all of a sudden, um, it just went viral. It got like a million views, I think. And um, I and I just like, wow, this is kind of cool, because I love Bigfoot. You know, I watch some Monster Quest stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just started a blog, and I, I'm i not a good writer or anything. I've never written anything. I mean, I, I, I'm so bad. But, yeah, I just started a blog, and... And uh, um, I blogged about it. I put a link uh, to my blog on that video that had like a million views, and people started coming. And then I just uh, I just couldn't stop, you know. And uh, that was, you know, everything's history from there. I mean, it just everything just blew up. And I just I mean I've been doing it for for years now. But <laughs> and when did you <laughs> first start? I got into it. And and when did you first yeah. started going out into the field and tr- trying to track Bigfoot, etc.? Okay, so. So this is what happened. So I've kind of, kind of got thrown into this, right? Uh, that whole thing. I was, I was just, I was just happy to read about Bigfoot and just watch TV shows about Bigfoot. But then I started um, discovering about this, um, this guy. I started hearing about this guy who, who said he shot um, some Bigfoots up in the northern, um, up over there in um, near Truckee, and. And um, so I, I started following this, like everyone else, started blogging about it. And then um, and I just, I got in touch with the guy. And then um, and then everybody just started getting together and just trying to figure out what happened, you know? But, um, but yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really long story, but um, the first time I went out, um, 
it was actually the second night, okay? I mean, I went, anyways, we went up to this location with um, um, some Bigfoot researchers from BFRO. Yes. And um, and the, the big big guy is uh, Bart Catino. You know, he's a really big researcher over here. Right. And so so we, we, we drove up there. Actually, he didn't, he didn't show up the first night because he was just doing his own thing in um, Humboldt County somewhere. Um, and he's more interested in the um, Patterson Ginlin location. Yes. You know, the Patty. Oh, yes. Okay. So he's, yeah, so he's down there doing his thing. He's always down there. And so we're, we're over there, and uh, um, we were at this location with um, a film producer, Rose Sahibi. And he was just filming. He brought his camera. But I tell you what, um, this one night um, actually changed my life. Um, actually, it's several nights. But um, I, I can get more into detail. But, but the, what happened was, um, the second the, the first night was kind of quiet, right? But the second night, um, we wake up because some something came into our, our camp, and we're supposed to be, we're supposed to be looking for um, some evidence of where this guy um, hit the body. You probably heard of him, Justin Smia. Was this the, the, the news? Was this the one that turned out to be a hoax? He claimed he had it in a, in a sort of um. He put it on ice, and he, and uh, is this the one I'm thinking? Oh no, of? that no, no, that's that's Rick Dyer. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. If you want to talk about him, we can we can go on. <laughs> no, no, we'll we'll leave we'll leave him aside yeah. for a moment. But okay, so this was another yeah. episode where someone claimed he had shot a Bigfoot and hid the body. Yes, yes, and you probably heard about it. But anyways, this guy. So, so here's how it happened, though. Okay, so I'm in Sacramento. I'm just a blogger. Okay. And so I hear about this guy. I don't know where he lives. Okay, I don't know. I don't know where he lives. I'm in Rancho. I'm, I was actually in Rancho Cordova. I was just, just um, it's near Sacramento um, City. But so I'm in Rancho Cordova. And so I'm, I'm I'm writing, blogging about this guy. I'm just trying to figure out who this guy is and everything. There was no name attached to this story. It was just a bear hunter. Okay, bear hunter. He saw a a mom Bigfoot. And then he shot it. And then some babies came came running out of the bush, and he uh, he shot one of the babies. It rolled down the hill. Okay, so it took a long time for for me to find out what's actually going on, and if this story is real. So, anyways, he finally came out and finally figured out who this guy was, and his name was Justin Smia. And it turns out, this guy is just what like six miles down the road from me okay and wow. so and, and yeah the six miles down the road okay i'm like what in the world you know you hear about the simulation people talk about simulation you know i'm like this is like a glitch in the simulation you know <laughs> <laughs> like come on right and um so well yeah, another thing too is um so I, I you know as i'm blogging i'm learning about all these Things about Bigfoot, like the Sierra sounds. I can get into that with you two later. But Sierra sounds, right? And then I heard about um, these two guys, um, Al Berry and Ron Moorhead. Oh, I know Ron, yes. And it, yes, and, um, and Al Berry died, right? And it was in the news in Sacramento. Mm-hmm. It turns out, he just lives like right down the block from me. Okay? Wow. Al Berry. He died of a heart attack. Something. Synchronicity number two. Oh. Yeah, so I, I don't understand, right? I'm like, what is going on here, right? So I'm like, okay, this is what the universe wants. I'm just going to keep doing it. Anyways, <laughs> it's a really weird thing. I, that's why I feel like I, I'm like, 
it's either the simulations about me or what i don't know but anyways <laughs> so, so we so, find out um yeah go ahead so you were up in again you were you're near sierra city in this is the plumas yes. national forest yeah and you exactly. were up there with a, a bigfoot field research organization member yeah. Yes, and there was, a, there was a couple of us up there. Okay, we don't tell anyone we're going up there because no one knows the location. Everybody's been trying to track his location. The only person that knows it is uh, my friend Barcatino with the BFRO. Right. And um, a few other guys, and then Justin Smia, the guy who shot the Bigfoot. Okay, so we're up there, and uh, I remember this is a really exciting time for me, you know, and um, I mean, it's a, it's a long time ago, but it's at the point, at the point, it was like the height of my blog, you know, I was getting a lot of views on my blog. Anyways, very exciting time. So anyways, we went to up to location, no action. Um, and the, the first, the first night, but the second night though, um, what happened was I was sleeping in the tent and, um, and, and my friend Ro was uh, in the same tent too, we shared a tent. And I'm like, it's like really late, you know, anyways, uh, I, Someone wakes me up. It was him. Pulls on my leg. He said, "Hey, get up!" Right? He said, "Something's in, uh, something's in our uh, camp." I was like, "Oh, whatever," you know, because I'm like, "Come on, I'm, if whatever is happening, I'm like sleepy. Like whatever's happening, probably not important, you know." So he grabs his camera. He's like, "Wake up!" And then uh, so I was like, oh, "Okay, okay." So I went back to sleep. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so he. He, he goes and chases it and chases thing and a whole bunch of people got up to and so they come back and they told me what happened told me that um um justin uh, and um one of our one of the group members uh was uh, just sitting around a fire fire place and they heard something like footsteps like huge footsteps coming down the hill and and um and so they they say this they saw it running and they started going after it and they woke um um, they tried to wake us up and Ro got up and he took his camera and they chased after it. Anyways, I got up. I, I felt so dumb, but, um, but and, and I miss on, I miss out on this, uh, action. They call it action. You know, right, when there's right. something going on, they call it action. When there's nothing going on, there's no action. So it's like Bigfoot thing. The BFO uses a lot, you know, action. Right. right. So, <laughs> so the next morning we get up. Sure enough, man, there was like footprints, like big, bi-beautiful footprints all around us, okay? I, um, and um, we go up the hill. I walk up the hill. Actually, it was me. I walk up the hill. I see these footprints, okay? Just, and immediately, okay, I'm thinking, okay, either this is a, another simulation thing or someone's playing pranks on me, okay? I'm, I'm a blogger, okay? I write about these things. I'm a pretty... My blog was really popular at the time. I'm like, is something tricks on me here? What's going on here? You know? And, but all these people I trust, I trust. They're my friends. Okay. They spend a night at my house. Okay. They're my friends. And, you know, and sleep on my couch. So, but I like, this is, this is unreal. This is not supposed to happen because I, I know about, I know about Bigfoot reports or, or people who are in this field. They'll go through. 20, 30 years without a single action. Here I am, second night. There's the things that coming coming into our camp. And you and you slept and, right through it. Yeah, I slept right through it because I'm like, whatever, right? Whatever, man. I slept right through it. <laughs> 
Yeah, and 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 and, and so so immediately, actually that night they actually call Bart because Bart was in um in in Humboldt, you know, doing his passing Gimlin research down there. I, th- I think they were trying to find because this this place changed so much over thirty years, you know. Yes. Thirty five years that they, they, it's like they they don't they're just trying to relocate the place and find the trees and what matches the pictures. Anyway, right. they found it now though, but it's a big project. Hi there. I want to tell you about a podcast I know you're going to love. It's called The Dead Files from Travel Channel. On The Dead Files, Amy Allen and Steve DeShavi investigate the paranormal activity haunting real people and homes across the United States. Amy and Steve come from totally different perspectives when they investigate. Amy's a medium. She sees and speaks to dead people and uses this skill to find out why someone might be haunting a place. Steve is a retired homicide detective. He tackles the case from the other end of the spectrum and uses public records and witness accounts to piece together the history of the haunted location. On every episode, Steve and Amy investigate a different, real haunting to help the family struggling with its effects. On one episode in Falconer, New York, a family keeps waking up with scratches and bruises. They also see a shadow figure lurking around their home. They call Amy and Steve to investigate. Amy uses her strength as a medium to understand who the presence is coming from and why it's so angry. Separately, Steve finds out the history of the house from the townspeople and in public records. He finds that several people who lived in this house died, which matches Amy's findings. At the end of the episode, Steve and Amy share their findings and make a recommendation on whether it's safe to stay in the house or time to get out. There are so many crazy stories on the dead files, and what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. You listen to my podcast because you love tales of the paranormal, but if you want more... Listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, price line. CBD, three simple letters, but so good for the body and for the mind. Ancient Life Oils, CBD is all organic, made with pure hemp and blended with three other oils for maximum benefit and absorption. It truly is a life oil and CBD has been around for a very long time. It's non-psychoactive, meaning you won't get high. It comes in a little bottle but delivers big relief. I take an eyedropper full of this liquid gold every morning. I used to feel a twinge in my lower back when I would bend over to tie my shoes. Now, nothing. And I have to say, since I've been taking Ancient Life CBD oil, I don't get stressed or feel anxiety. You really ought to think about adding it to your daily regimen. Visit ancientlifeoil.com and check it out. They have newly reduced prices because the good people at Ancient Life Oil believe in passing their savings on to you. Ancient Life Oil, the Ferrari of CBD products. If there's one thing money can't buy, it's sanity. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. 
cryptozoology blogger Sean Evidence is here. So you went up there yeah. with Justin Smia, and he was trying to locate where he he supposedly killed two Bigfoot, right? Two Sasquatch. Uh huh. And was he? No, no. So he he shot he shot the mom. The mom ran away. The adult. He calls it he calls it the adult. Okay. The, the adult. The, the, I, I think I think it was the mom. And but did he bury one of them or? Yeah. So so um. He was trying to help you happened. find it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Here's, here's what happened. I'll, I'll tell you what happened. I, I don't think this, this was ever talked about. Um, when I have the DVD, too. It's, a, it's, it's like a secret DVD that only a few people have, but I, I have it. I got to find it. But anyways, um, when word got out that he shot an adult Bigfoot and a baby Bigfoot, um, he also revealed that um, he hit the Bigfoot underneath some um, trees, some, some branches, you know, some leaves, so that he can come back. Cause it, was, it had snow up there. So I guess he was scared. Cause it looked like, it looked like a, a, a baby, a, a human. Right. He was scared or something. It was, like, it, it was animal and human at the same time. He was like, what is this, right? He hit it. And then it's dispersed. I've, I've been to that. Anyway, he hit it. So... So we, so he, he goes on the forum, he talks about it and then some, and, um, he, he, he goes to this taxi Jeremy forum on the, on the web. He talked about it and he's, I don't know where shot and, and, uh, um, what's his name? Uh, from the Olympus, Olympus project, Randy, Derek Randos, Derek Randos heard about it. And, and Derek Randos, Hey, um, you gotta go back there. Uh, and take your GPS back there, so we, so you can so you can tell us where it is, because this is the biggest scientific discovery of all time. If you if you can recover the body, okay. And Derek Randall has a lot of connections up there, okay, in Oregon, in Oregon, Washington. Okay. And and he got in touch with Dr. Meldrum. Dr. Meldrum said, Hey, um, all you really need is a skull, really. Is it a skull or a hand? A skull, I think. And Justin, okay, I'll go. I'll go over there. So Justin drives up there. It's about. It's about almost, almost three hours to get from Sacramento to, to that location. So he drives up there with the GPS loca- locator and everything. Um, so he looks for it and, and where he buried it. It was. It wasn't there. It wasn't there. Maybe got washed up with the snow. No one knows. Okay. Um, but he did find some flesh that was eventually um, tested, okay? But it was from that vicinity, um, but it's unsure at the time what it was. Right. So so when this, so they waited, they waited about, I mean, it's really hard to get there. It got snowed in. So they waited for the snow to melt. And um, I think it was in July, okay, the snow melted. And here's what happened. It's like you got all these people I have the DVD. All these people showed up. Um, that um, Derek Reynolds, you got Dr. Jeff Meljam, you got Bobo from Finding Bigfoot. You, you, you know the big guy? Oh, yes. And this is, yeah, this is before he was, uh, you know, a big star, you know? And, yeah, Bobo looked really young in the video, too. I was like, well, this, I'm a big fan of Bobo. I, I saw him in his, in, I saw him in the wild, you know, in the DVD. I thought it was pretty cool. Bobo, and he's out there too, and 
And um, so they're all trying to help. Ex- him, they're all trying to help him find the, the the skull, right? Yeah, it was a big expedition. This is a big expedition, and they they had forty people up there. They had like helpers up there, like chopping up trees, like bushes. You know, right, right. The, and and just because there's a a, um, a stream, a creek, a small creek that that goes um, through the, these thick brush, like a football field size, okay? And, and and that's where these bears came out too, or Bigfoots. I mean, bears, Bigfoot. There's bears out there too, okay? Maybe he's hunting bear. So, right, right. He thought he was so, shooting so, a bear. It was an accident. Yeah, yeah. And he said they were making like sounds like, wah, 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 okay, like talking. Anyways, so it's a stream that goes down, down into a canyon. And so they're thinking, okay, now that the s- snow uh, melt, melted, maybe the body um, went down with the snow, snow melt. Right, down and into so the anyways, canyon. It got washed down into yeah. the canyon. Mm-hmm. So, so they, there's a lot of people, I'll tell you, in this video. And I was like, and this, to me, it's... it's um. To me, it's like a, um, it's one of those big, big expedition. You know, it's not like people going to, going to explore like uh, the Great Pyramids back in the day. You know, sure. It kind sure. of, it kind of feels like that watching this. Yeah, it's like anybody, it, everybody who was anybody in the Bigfoot research world was there. It, <laughs> yes, you got biologists, you got you know the foot expert, you got everybody up there, and this is like, I don't know, I mean. This is incredible. It was incredible. And um, and I remember um, watching the video. It was like 45 minutes long. And I was like, this is, this is incredible. And but anyways, so so there, and but no one found anything. And, you know, um, and people have been up there. Um, they just go up and down the canyon and just looking, right? That's, that's the reason why we went is so we can look. And, you know, I know that people have been down there before. I mean, been up there, I mean. And... And haven't found anything, but you know maybe we could get lucky, right? Right. So you went back and up there why. to you went back up to Plumas National Forest with yeah. Justin, and then so mm-hmm. then you had the you slept through it, but there was the one encounter. Uh, yeah. Then yes. you saw the big footprints. So then what happened right. after that? Okay, so we we convinced Bob to drop whatever he's doing at the Patterson Gimlin site, and said you got to come up here. And I don't think Bart believed us too. Like there's something going on up here, you know. And um, and but he he and then he has he has some business he has running too. But anyway, so he 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 came back. He came to us like um, a day later, I think. It wasn't that long. So he he came he came up there. And I think we were trying to get Matt Moneymaker to come up there too. Um, but he didn't come. And. So we we waited for him. So, anyways, we we just we're just like just 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 shock, you know, just what's going on. I am, I was, because you're not supposed to see or hear anything, okay? I mean, not, um, you're not. No one gets that lucky. I mean, people get happy after 15 years that he hear a wood knock response. Right, or to see a foot, or away. to see a footprint. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see a footprint. They get so happy when they're taking pictures and taking Instagram selfies with it. Come on, that's that's the way things 
that's the way things typically are. It's pretty boring, you know, most of the time, you know, and for, for us to, to, to witness, um, what happened, it was just incredible. So, so, so Bar come and, and he brought his, um, thermal, thermal imaging with us, uh, with him. He had, we had like, we had a couple, we had like two. Justin has one and Bart has one. And, um, and he's Bart. Bart's like therming all the time. That's his thing. I mean, for us, we don't have thermal images, you know, we, we're just sitting there around the fireplace, but it doesn't matter if it's daytime or nighttime. He's just therming all the time. And, um, and so it was getting late this one, this one night and we just, everyone just chilling, you know, it's like four people four people down um just by, by the fireplace and just, I was just chilling too and you know Bart's constantly thermoing around us and so Bart said, Hey um, let's um let's let's go therm. I said, Okay, you know. Like, let's like go therm. That's the terminology. <laughs> let's go therm. Okay. I I'm learning the lexicon here. Yeah, right. It's, it's new to me too. <laughs> so, all right, so um I go and these guys are chatting and uh, around uh, around the fireplace. So we walk. We started up this hill. I'm always creeped out after that episode about everything, and all the trees around me. Like I always feel like something's gonna grab me. You know, I mean, you're in the middle of the woods. You just, you just feel like something's gonna grab you. So I'm like staying close to him. I got my own camera too. I have I had a Sony night uh, Sony camera that has night vision. Right. I, I don't know if they still make those these days, but ghost hunters love them. You know, these um, um, these night vision cameras um, that we can record at night. So I, I, what I did was I I, I souped up mine. I had like a infrared um, a lens on my um, high power um, flashlight. So um, with infrared, you can't see the light really um, because infrared. But but my camera will pick up the infrared light, so I can I, I can illuminate things like you know, a hundred yards away right. with this thing. And I can see it clearly. Um, but the only problem is that uh, with infrared, even though it's not visible, like when you, uh, it's not visible when it spreads out, um, it's visible if you look directly at the um, the lamp though. It's red. And and so, so if someone's looking at you, they, they know that you're shining um, some kind of light at them, so it's a red light. And um, Bart, you know, he's, he doesn't like this, you know. He's like uh, anti-infrared. Uh, right, you're going to scare uh, away whatever you're trying to, to track. Yeah, uh, but not only that, um, um, there's a theory that Bigfoots can see infrared, right? They can, they can actually see um, this light, and, um, and which is the reason why um, you never catch them on um, um, the game cams. Game cams give off this infrared light, and it just flashes like every couple of seconds. It flashes. And, oh, um, I see. So someone, they avoid it, right? Yeah, yeah, they avoid it. And someone, someone, someone proved this to me because I didn't believe them. You know, I was walking around with my camera, and and um, and they had uh, they have trail cameras, game cameras all around the area. And they said, "Okay, um, you, you don't believe me? You don't believe us that uh, that that uh, um, uh, game cams give off infrared? Here, point your point your Sony camera towards uh, that tree over there. 
so I, I, I point the camera towards the tree and yeah, I can actually see the infrared like flashing. I'm like, huh, interesting. No wonder why uh, things avoid things I can see infrared, you know? Right. Okay. I, I didn't know that. I didn't know. That. So you can actually walk around the forest and nobody, uh, with the uh, night vision and see flashing things if they have a uh, game count. Anyway, so, so I walk up the hill with Bart and, uh, um, so I, I'm not turning, I'm not using my camera. I, I carry it with me just in case. Case that's action. Right. Who's turning? Bart, you know, we're just talking, talking about what happened the other night and we go up, we go up, we turn, turn up the hill and we're just turning, you know, just, just chatting and, um, the Bart, uh, decides to point the camera down towards, um, where, uh, the fireplace where everyone's sitting, sitting around. And he noticed something just, just walking, just walking around, just bipedal. And, and he said, he said, hey, Sean, um, I'm seeing something here. I've got words. We can, we have a video out on YouTube. That probably has my um, my um, my voice because I was kind of scared at the time. Like, what are you seeing? You know, because I don't have a thermal imager. Right. And only thing, only thing I'm hearing is Bart just just really calm, really quiet, telling me about what he's seeing through the thermal imager. And what he was what he was recording. I mean, these thermal images back then, the resolution really low. So, but what he was seeing was this thing just walking back and forth, right? And and we also on the thermal imager, you can you can you can tell where the people at the um, fireplace was, and the, and this thing this thing was walking in the and in between us between the fireplace and me and Bart. It's just like walking around the forest, right? And then. What's really freaky was that it threw a rock, like a you can, and it's like a glowing rock. And the only thing that glows and on the thermal imager is something that has heat, right? Some right. kind of heat. And I'm like, okay. Um, Who, where did in what direction did he throw the rock at the people sitting around the campfire? Um, no, he threw it at a tree. So it looks like there were. Um, I think there was two of them. Okay, that's, I think that's there's two of them, and they were throwing a rock, maybe trying to communicate or something. Okay, and when when we try to reproduce this, it's really hard to get an object that that heated to create that kind of um, imagery on a thermal imager. So so. We think that it was probably holding onto that rock for a while. Right, it, it warmed it with its own body. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what? So this is this is so. Um, this is again mind blowing to me. Okay, I'm like scared at this point. I'm like, what is going on? You know, this isn't supposed to happen. <laughs> it goes through my mind all the time when I'm doing this stuff, and so I'm like. And, and I don't want to, I want to record it too. But the rule is I can't use, I, you know, you don't want to scare, you don't want to spook these things. So Bart's recording them. I don't want to spook them with my uh, infrared. Well, did he at least allow you to look through the, 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 uh, the viewfinder? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But 
it was it was so like these things were going in and out of the trees. So it wasn't like they're just sitting there and and you can watch every movement. Right. Did you get a sense of how big it was? Yeah, yeah. So we have a um a friend and he's uh six seven or something like that. He's pretty tall. And we did a we do what we call a recreation, okay? A recreation is when you um you you locate exactly where the subject was and you have someone stand there and finding Bigfoot does this a lot on T V, right? With Bobo. They use some talkers like Bobo. And they try to take um, accurate measurements of how high the tall the creature was and where everything was. And a friend had to raise um, a stick. I actually had to stand on the cooler. I think that was. Is yeah, this, I had to stand and, on the cooler. And this friend was six foot seven. Mm hmm. Yeah. He was he six had to foot stand seven. On the okay. And he had to stand on a cooler. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. To match the height of the creature uh, in the thermal. So what's a cooler? And another another foot and a half tall? Two feet? Yeah, yeah. I got one of those red ones. Um, okay. So, I, think yeah, I think they were using my cooler. Yeah. So this thing was over eight feet tall, in other words. Yeah, yeah. It's something like that. And remember I told you I was pretty freaked out um, walking up the hill? Sure. And apparently, um, coming back... Um, I didn't know at the time. Come back, they were actually right next to that tree that we we, we walked by. We walked past, going up the hill and oh, coming back the, down the, the night before. No, this, this oh the same when night. We were the heading, same okay yeah, when you were heading night. up the yeah, hill. Were, when you were heading up yeah, the hill, they, they were, were behind there. that tree. Okay, you yeah, sensed it. They were there. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think I sensed something, and. And that really, that really freaked me out, knowing that they were right there. They were quiet. These things were quiet. Uh, you don't even, you don't even notice that anything's there, you know. And I mean, that's how, that's how quiet these things are. And um, and and so we, so we, after we recorded them, we came down the hill, and um, and we told them about because um, because uh, we can we can't see them anymore. We came down. And we, we told our friends, like, hey, guys, you know, um, we got something on thermal. They're right there, and um, but they're not there anymore. And and our, our buddies down at Firebase, they said that they actually saw a shadow. They were looking up. They were looking up because there's a moonlight at the time. Mm -hmm. They were looking at the direction uh, where the, um, uh, the creature, and they saw uh, a shadow, and they were talking about it. Um, and... And so apparently they they saw this they, they kind of experienced the same thing, but we actually have uh, thermal um, uh, video of this, right? And that was yeah that was that was the coolest thing. How and, did you, how did you sleep you know, that you, night? You know. How did you sleep that night? <laughs> so <laughs> so we we stayed really close. Okay, we stayed really close, and um, and look. We're surrounded by trees, and you know if you need to go, you need to go pee. You know sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And that's the hardest part, because you have to go in the trees to do it. And oh man, it was it was tough, because um, I stayed really close when they had to go pee. <laughs> I'll bet, I'll bet. But you made it through the night, obviously. 
<laughs> yeah, and, I uh, did. And uh, yeah, yeah. The highly anticipated second season of the hit podcast Proof is finally here. Proof is an investigative true crime podcast co-hosted by Susan Simpson of Undisclosed and Jacinda Davis of Evil Lives Here. Proof made headlines for its first season in 2022 after proving the innocence of two Georgia men serving life sentences for murdering their friend Brian Bowling when they were just 17 years old. 25 years later, on December 8th, 2022, both men were finally freed based on evidence unearthed by Proof. In the second season of Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, Susan and Jacinda are on the case again, this time traveling the streets of Manteca, California, to uncover who really murdered 18-year-old Rene Ramos. On June the 5th, 2000, Ramos's body was found buried under a pile of debris inside the shell of a new Home Depot building. Despite tips hinting at alternate suspects, tips that were ignored until now, Renee's boyfriend, 18-year-old skateboarder Jake Silva, and Ty Lopez, the 33-year-old uncle of one of Jake's close friends, were arrested and convicted of her murder. Fans of true crime and investigative series won't want to miss this riveting new season. Follow the case as Susan and Jacinda uncover long-overlooked evidence about what really happened to Renee by listening to Proof, Murder at the Warehouse, wherever you get your podcasts. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So, uh, is, that was sort of the turning point for you. And then after that, are you now out regularly looking for Bigfoot? So... You know, now I'm doing more of uh, the PCT and just jo- enjoying the outdoors. I don't, I don't go to to those locations anymore. Yeah, you had I, your I, you had your yeah. fill. You had your fill. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm ending. I don't have to wait thirty years to know to to experience. I mean, geez, I casted footprints and everything. Okay, I mean, I I did all that. I mean, I I I witnessed what it's like to have something like bum rush your uh, your campsite and, 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 and have something observing you. On your very okay. first field so, trip. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the most incredible thing. And, and and I go, okay, so I go up there. I went up there every summer, several times every summer after that to try to get, try to elicit some kind of response, wood knocking, calls, um, but uh, I never, I never get that same experience again. But, um, but there was there was one time. That, I mean, you know, I didn't I didn't get to this part, but I think I think what I did maybe made them come to the camp. What it did, because um, before we uh, on the on the night the therm, I um, I was actually you, you familiar with the Sierra sound? Well, right? I, I've I've heard the I've heard the recordings from Ron Moorhead. If that's yeah. what you're referring to, yes, yes, that's the sound. Okay, and I'm I'm Lee Ocean, Okay, that when I hear those people those things talk, 
I call them people for some reason. <laughs> but <laughs> when I hear those things talk on Ron Moorhead's um, um, a clip, because you, you can go to YouTube and you can listen to this stuff. Man, they 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 sound they sound like like the people that you know, the 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 elderly people, the OGs when they talk. They they kind of remind me of those people talking sometimes like, from Laos. What? Yeah. From Laos. Yeah, from Laos. Yeah. A very Asianic tone. Yes. You know? So you were were and, you talking in that dialect that night? Yeah, yeah, I was, okay. And and I was just experimenting. And I was telling Bart this. I said, Bart, this sounds like like um like Lao words to me. I mean not I mean, similar. And they're not Lao words, but they they sound they have this the same tone. Right. But, and and I I told him, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him to come eat <laughs> in in the ocean. <laughs> how would that sound? How would how would you say that in the ocean? I said I said Makin uh, Kao, you know, come eat come eat food, right? And I I, I, I say those things, I just yell it out, right? And Bart is like laughing, he's like, Yeah, right, right. I said try it though, but you know, it might work. <laughs> and so I did that for for a few minutes, you know, and because I have a theory that maybe Bigfoots or maybe when they cross a land bridge, you know, right, um, and and from China, and they made it all over here, and they crossed it with the Native Americans, and they they probably familiar with this type of language. Maybe they maybe if they had a language, it's probably something very. Asianic in nature so that's a running theory that I had fascinating and, um, when it went up there yeah fascinating. so <laughs> so tell me I, yeah that's what I did yeah. Sean tell yeah. me a little bit before we go tell us a little bit about bigfootevidence.blogspot.com I mean this is the this is the most popular uh, you know Bigfoot blog in the world yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, at one point it was when I when I was hitting it daily. You know, I was, I was okay. Um, so it was it, at that time it was just Crypto Mundo, and then it was um, Bigfoot Lunch Club. Right? It was just you know, it was, just it was a handful of thing. them. Yeah, just a handful of them. Yeah, just yeah, a handful. And I, I and I read uh, I read a lot of tech blogs back then. I'm a very I'm a great tech tech savvy person. And um, and I remember um, that you know just reading big, these Bigfoot blogs. They were kind of, kind of boring, right? Not very exciting at all. Just talking about Patterson Gilman. And then, uh, and so when I got into blogging, I was you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce some snarkiness to this Bigfoot this Bigfoot world. I'm gonna talk about I'm gonna talk about anything Bigfoot. If somebody's selling Bigfoot poop out there on eBay. I'm gonna talk about that, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and that's what I did. I I, I blogged about. I mean, I did. I, I posted because I did. I did full time blogging on the um, on the Bigfoot stuff for not food. I had I had another job too, but I was basically posting twenty blog posts a day. Wow. Okay. It takes a lot, you know, to have to get that kind of traffic, but. I so I was doing twenty articles a day. I remember 
um, that, was a, that, was, that was a certain point when I look back um, this couple of years ago and I saw that I posted 10,000 articles, right? My word. Um, wow, 10,000 articles. So yeah, I was, so sometimes it's 20, 25 articles a day. So man, um, the blogging about Bigfoot, it, at the time, Bigfoot was kind of boring. You know, kind of boring. There was, but then this whole Justin Smear thing happened, and then a month after, uh, maybe a month, yeah, a month after I started blocking, Finding Bigfoot announced they were doing a TV show. You know, and so all this stuff started happening at the time I was blogging. So I was, I was at the right place at the right time too. Well, and another synchronicity. Maybe, yeah. Another synchronicity. Yeah, yeah, another synchronicity, and. And it was really weird. I, I would, you know, I met so many people after doing the blogging, like Barcatina. Even I even did a live stream with um, not live stream. I, I talked to Bar, um, Creeper Rackman, right? Right. I would never have met these people. You know, it wasn't for the blogging. Like it was just such a odd thing. You know, just a, so, I'm just a regular guy. So now yeah. people are sending you videos and photographs, and and um, you're yeah. you're posting those on uh, Sasquatchable. Yeah, yeah. So I have a YouTube channel, Bigfoot Evidence, right? What is one word? And I have a website, Squatchable. So the reason why I started Squatchable, um, Bigfoot Evidence, where we I put all the evidence out there. But people are more interested interested in the the reports and stories now. So we do a lot of that these days. Um, but in the beginning, we did a lot of uh, video breakdowns, the slow motion enhancement. But but we have a website, um, Squatchable. And the reason why I started Squatchable was I didn't want to create a blog. I actually wanted to create a a, a, a website where people can um, submit reports and search for reports. Like, you go to the BFRO, I don't think that... Uh, at the time, they didn't have a search bar. Right. You can't just go in there and search for um, baby Bigfoot. Right, right. Or, or a swimming Bigfoot. You can't do that. And I was frustrated because I'm, I'm a blogger, so I, I, when I'm doing research, I need to go look at reports. And uh, they don't have a search thing. And so I, so I, was, I was like, okay, I'll, so I'll create my own. So that's when I, why I started Scratchable. And yeah, are you going Scratchable? You, um, we got a ton of reports and what I try to do is I try to aggregate reports from other websites too right right and it's we have a, our a own clearing reports. house a one stop shop for every, all things Bigfoot yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly and I'm trying to not make it turn into a blog because um, it's just a place for information so yeah you go in there you search for swimming Bigfoot or um, you know Bigfoot shooting you'll find it you find it. And, so um, there's, so there's, it let's just recap. There's the, the YouTube site, which is Bigfoot Evidence. There's, uh-huh. the, there's the website, Squatchable.com. Uh-huh. And then uh-huh. there's the, um, the uh, BigfootEvidence.blogspot.com. Yes, yes. And yes. how much, and how much so are you still going at this 24-7, or have you slowed down a little bit? Um, I slowed down a little bit. Yeah, I'm. It's just, um, it, I, I, you know, if anyone's ever been in um, content production, you know, blogging, it takes a toll on you yeah, after a while. Burnout for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, because there's a rule. If anybody wants to get into any kind of blogging, Bigfoot or you know cars or Star Wars, um, if you want to be successful, you gotta you gotta always be blogging. That's the that's the um, yes. It's the like key. it's it's the same as podcasting. You you have to deliver constantly. And a friend of mine who's a very popular podcast podcast host said it's like owning a dairy farm you can't you can't leave it you can't leave the cows you've got to milk them every single day so yeah. i would imagine blogging is like podcasting it's like a dairy farm oh yeah yeah i mean um you know when people, when people imagine creating a blog or a podcast they're like, oh yeah i'm gonna talk about this right but you run out of things to talk about after the second day maybe after the first day if if you don't have, I mean, because you pretty much will exhaust everything if you're not good, you know, in every on your first podcast or or whatever. But the if you really want to be good at, it, you got to be good at finding content, right? So what blogging about Bigfoot taught me is that you can actually talk about everything. I mean, if you if you try, there's there's always things to talk about. But. Absolutely. Well, you've proven that. I mean, when it comes to <laughs> Bigfoot blogging, you are the guy, Sean Evidence. And uh, it's been a great meeting you. I enjoyed this. I've, I've enjoyed learning about uh, the Justin Smia case, and I hope to learn more about it. And I hope we can talk again sometime. Oh, you're welcome. I enjoy it. Thank you. Okay. Before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs... I'll be back with a few words about an upcoming episode of Conspiracy Unlimited. If you're a fan of this podcast or my weekly radio program, The Conspiracy Show, or my YouTube channel, Strange Planet, I hope you'll consider becoming an official donor. A donation of $50 a month places you in the star chamber. $20 a month is the whistleblower tier, and a donation of just $10 per month makes you a truth seeker. Star Chamber and Whistleblower members can participate in an exclusive monthly online chat or video conference with me. And all donors are entered into a monthly draw for Strange Planet merchandise. Any monthly amount is welcome and greatly appreciated. To become an official donor, go to patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Patreon.com forward slash strange planet. Coming up Friday, a cancer consultant and author offers a window into the lives of extraordinary cancer patients and the paths they've taken to defy the odds. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats, we need. We need constant petting. <laughs> <laughs>